This is Thoughts from the Metal Cavern, where only one opinion matters, and it's not yours. G'day there, and welcome to another episode of Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. And at the moment in Australia, we're at the height of summer, which means that we have sport coming out of our ear holes. Although, surprisingly today, no live sport at all. We have to wait until the evening, which is very, very annoying. But today's discussion, I guess is the best way to put it, which is basically just me uh, venting or talking loudly or just speaking at you through your speakers or headphones, is about why is it that we end up supporting the sports teams that we do? What's, what's the thought process behind it? How did we all come up with the teams that we ended up supporting? And then... Why do we continue to support them? Or are there reasons that sometimes we like to change teams that we support and then earn the ire of our mates who say, oh, fair weather supporter, don't support that team anymore. So why does that happen? Why do we all have this inability to just sit back and watch sport as it happens without having to find someone to support? Do I know the answer to that? No, probably not. But the discussion today will focus on mainly my own reasons for the teams that I support and then a few of the other people that I know and and the reasons that they support teams. And maybe we can start a discussion with you and your friends as to why you support the teams that you do. So if that interests you in any way, please join me after our intro music for today's riveting edition of Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. Okay, so you've dared to cross the the intro music barrier and you've come across to must have some slight intrigue as to what I'm about to say. Well, for anyone who doesn't like sport, I guess, you're probably not going to get anything out of it, which is exactly how those of us who watch sport and do all this kind of stuff and support teams think about people who have no interest in sport or say... We can't understand why there are people out there who will watch sport, but you don't have a vested interest. You don't have a team that you love to support. How can you not just how can you watch, sit there and watch a game of, let's start with rugby league, and not say you want one team or the other to win and the reasons for that? And not just say, oh, because I like the pretty vests they're wearing. Well, they're not vests for a start, sorry, they're jerseys. So why do we do it? And how does it start? Well, let's start with my story, I guess. So, Rugby League, I started watching Rugby League on TV back in 1976, and I was six years old. And I remember vividly my father sitting me down in front of our little black and white TV and saying, in those days, it was pretty much only two games of a weekend. There was an ABC game at three o'clock on a Saturday, which was live, and then there was a replay of the Batch of the Round on Channel 7 on a Sunday night. 
And on this particular game, Parramatta were playing Manly in 1976. Dad sat me down and said, look, see that team there? Which one, Dad? Um, the one who got the ball now. Yes. Okay, well, that's Parramatta. That's the team we support. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Is that is it as simple as that? Probably. A little bit. Um, now, my dad grew up in uh, Fairfield in Sydney, and uh, at the time when Parramatta had just come into the comp, and they were the westernmost team in the uh, Sydney competition at the time, so he grew up as a Parramatta supporter. As it turns out, through that, I became a Parramatta supporter myself. Now, Parramatta made the grand final that year, uh, which was their first grand final, and they ended up losing to Manly. And I remember that day well as, as well because I was watching the grand final and I actually recorded it on cassette. Yes, I know that sounds silly, but I recorded the uh, commentary by Rex Mossop uh, on cassette. Uh, and then during the game, I would go across the road to where another family were living, the Coles's, and they had a spare block next to them, as there were plenty of those in Kyma Downs in the day. And we would play our game of rugby league over there, and then we'd duck in to see what the score was in the football, and we'd say, oh, right, okay, so Manly are in front, right, let's go back and do that again, and we'd go back and we'd play that again. And So I didn't really watch a lot of that game, and of course, in those days, there was no such thing as replays and no such thing as pay TV, and you can watch the game a thousand times if you wanted to. If you didn't see it, you didn't see it. <laughs> no VCRs, no way to record it except if you'd recorded the commentary on cassette, which is what I'd done. So I had this tape for a number of years, um, probably up until the time when VCRs came around and I was able to record things. Now, I didn't listen to it that often because obviously Parramatta had lost. And so you sort of think, oh, that's disappointing. But I remember, just in, I can still hear Rex Mossop in my head now from that game, uh, commentating the game. So I guess that's a little bit obsessive for a six-year-old going on seven-year-old. But there you go. That was that was how I came into rugby league. Now, the following year, of course, Parramatta made the grand final again against St. George. And uh, we had uh, the drawn grand final, and then we went into the, the replay later in the week. And from there, I guess, it just happened that Parramatta had won those two games. So I'd be, I was invested as a Parramatta supporter at that age. Now, that's not to say that I wouldn't have been if they had won those two grand finals, but that was my first real um, pickup of how supporting a team can grab you and how you can go to school on a Monday morning and you talk about the round of football. And if your team had won, of course, in those days, as all kids do, as we all did, we'd just jump up and down and stick it in people's faces. <laughs> yeah, your team lost, my team won. And then the next week you go back and they'd be saying it the same to you and be saying, oh, get lost. It doesn't matter. They won last week. Or no, we'll beat you next time. Or whatever it is. As we all do as school kids. Or, yeah, last week. If we're still so that way inclined. Which so many of us are. So that's how I came into becoming a Parramatta supporter. Now, my journey through rugby league and supporting teams has changed over the years. And I often get ribbed about it because of the way things went. Uh, in many ways, Parramatta supporters were looked down upon through the 1980s because Parramatta won three comps in a row and won four out of six years. And uh, the usual thing, uh, of course, if teams winning, uh, the, the 
people who are on the outside sort of jump on board the bandwagon and say, yes, Parramatta, you beauty. And then when they start losing, they're suddenly off and they're on someone else. We all know people like that. And I was often accused of being that through the 90s and the 2000s because I jumped teams a couple of times. Not really jumped teams as such. But what I did was, of course, in 1982, the Illawarra Steelers came into the comp. Now, born and bred on the South Coast, we thought, yeah, beauty, we've got our own team. So the Illawarra Steelers immediately became my second team. And Parramatta kept winning, Steelers kept losing. We'd go to see some Steelers games, which was great. Um, you'd get to know, oh, there's another local who's coming to the team. Oh, there's someone I know whose name I know. They're coming to the team or whatever. And that was all terrific. So Parramatta in their successful run in 1986 and pretty much then go for the next 10 years without winning a game. So by the time we get to the late 80s, the Steelers have started to move up. Now, those of you who were alive at the time will remember when we used to have the National Panasonic Cup as a midweek competition. It was a knockout competition and it was great. I used to love that and I'd really love to see something like that again. I know it probably wouldn't work in this day and age. But I, as a kid, as a teenager in the 80s, that was just fantastic. The National Panasonic Cup, and it had a couple of different names. Knockouts on Wednesdays, before Brisbane came into the NRL comp. And so they had the Brisbane team, and then we had the New South Wales country team playing in it, and the Queensland country team, and it was really good. Now, I'm pretty sure 1989 was the year when Illawarra made the final of the National Panasonic Cup against Brisbane, and interest just blew everything out of the water, and I remember going to the Kyle Lees Club to watch the, the final that night and watching local players in that team. Rod Wishart, who you know, I'd gone to school with, but suddenly he was in the Illawarra Steelers first grade team. How good's that? You know, that's that's a great thing. And then so many other local juniors coming in. McGregor, Rodwell, Rioli. Uh, just, it was just a really good time. And John Simon as well, of course. A really good time for local league. So... At around that time, my allegiance didn't change as much from Parramatta to the Laura Steelers, but they became equal, rather than one being a second team. Uh, and of course, the Steelers made the semi-finals in 1993. They got through to the preliminary final, where they were beaten by St George. And that was a really good period to be an Illawarra supporter. But of course, you had people saying, oh, you used to support Parramatta. Well, I still did. But the point was, is that the Steelers are our local team and they had grown beyond being just a second team. So I had two equal teams. What happens when they play each other, Bill? Oh, I don't know. Who cares? One of them wins. It's great. Shut up. <laughs> That's where some people used to get on my nerves. So then we moved through to, say, the Super League years. Now, once Super League came around, um, the Steelers were dying, and then, of course, uh, Graham Murray said we should go, Steelers should go to Super League. And Illawarra said, <laughs> goodbye, Graham Murray, kicked him out. And the guy who'd just gotten us to this sort of preliminary final stage. And the Steelers were obviously going under, and it, it felt like what the Steelers should do is go to Super League to survive. Now, whether they would have or not, I don't know. Um, it seems unlikely now, doesn't it? But at the time, Parramatta, then, of course, the IRL decided to throw money to everyone and say, oh, no salary cap, just do what you want to do. And Parramatta went out and they bought the big four from Canterbury, the four players, and spent $9 million in their team that year, which was just so ridiculous. And that really annoyed me, that Parramatta basically 
instead of doing what they'd done in the 80s, which is have a lot of local juniors, or at least juniors that they brought through the grades into first grade, were now just going out and buying first graders to try and win a comp. So my support of Parramatta really dissipated at that point for some time. Um, and, you know, again, I was said, oh, you're a fair weather supporter and whatever. I said, well, no, I don't agree with what they're doing. So they then, I suppose, fell back into the um, second favourite team. Look, they were, they were my reserve team. And the Steelers were my number one team. And so we moved through to 19... 99. So we get to 1999, the Super League war is over. Everyone who went to Super League are flush and they're fine. They don't have to merge with anyone. And all the teams who stay with the RL pretty much have to try and merge to survive. And so the Steelers merged with St. George. Now, as we all know, you either loved St. George or you hated St. George. In the same way with Manly. It was one or the other. You either loved them or you hated them. And... Everyone hated St. George. And now they were merging with the Steelers, with the favourites, you know, the, the favourite sons. And you thought, oh, my goodness. Now what Now what do I do? And that was, that was a real moment for me in my support of terms in rugby league. What do I do now? I've already sort of cast off Parramatta because they, you know, they spent millions and millions of dollars trying to win a comp. And now my so-called favourite team were merging with one of my most hated teams. And that was a really, really difficult time. And that stretched for the next probably 12 years. I had a really difficult relationship with the now St. George Illawarra Dragons. So that first year, they made the grand final, of course, uh, and famously lost it through Jamie Ainsco's uh, swinging right arm. And... That whole game where we, you know, I'm supporting this team all the way through, it still wasn't, oh, great, my team's going to win the grand final. Oh, no, they lost. It was just, the passion wasn't there. I didn't have the passion that my team had made a grand final and were on the verge of winning and then weren't. And I found that really, really strange, having gone through the 80s with the Parramatta grand finals and the joy and all that had brought. I just sort of thought, well, my team's making a grand final again. I should be excited and ecstatic and happy. And I just, it made it very difficult to support that team. So then I had the same problem two years later because Parramatta make the grand final and they play Newcastle in the grand final, in that grand final that everyone remembers where Newcastle led 22-0 after about 20 minutes and the game was pretty much over. Parramatta came home like a, a steam train and, and just missed out on winning the game. But again, Parramatta, I, I didn't have any passion to support them and to, to say, yes, they're going to win, they're going to win. And if they'd won that grand final, I would have been a little bit nonplussed. I remember watching the game, not cheering for Newcastle, but not really overly concerned about the fact that Parramatta were being run over. I felt a little bit, as they came back, I saw, you, know, you could feel it coming back up and thinking, oh, yeah, here we go, here we go, here we go, sort of thing. But at the end of the game, when they didn't win, I just thought, no, okay. Well, it was the grand final. Okay, what's next? Cricket season starts next week. And so there's two grand finals where two teams that I supported 
and I just didn't feel that passion for it. And that was, um, as a supporter of a, you know, a team, that was, I, I'm not going to say it's life-changing, <laughs> but it was, it was one of those things where I just thought, oh, well, maybe sport isn't that important. Maybe it's not the be-all and end-all. And maybe, I don't know, and I'd gotten to an age, you know, I'd made 31, 32 now, and maybe for the first time in my life, that was where I got to the point where I just thought, oh, I can just watch football and not have it uh, be so cranky about it if things aren't going right or so ecstatic that it, it's not just the be-all and end-all of everything. That was probably the first time in my life I'd felt that. And so, of course, we go through the uh, the, 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 the 2000s and we had two more grand finals like that. So in 2009, Parramatta made the grand final after a great unbeaten run. Uh, that was the, the year of Jared Hayne, and they got through to the grand final against Melbourne, and I absolutely supported Parramatta down to the ground by this stage. I'd gotten over the Super League stuff, and I was back on an even even level with Parramatta and the St. George Illawarra Dragons. I would say that I'd probably gotten over the the merger part as well, because by this time, we again had a lot of local juniors running through into the Dragons team, like the Morris brothers and... Uh, and those kind of players, uh, Trent Barrett. Uh, and so I, I felt comfortable enough in supporting this team now that the merger had, with the dreaded St George had gone and those feelings had moved on. So I had a sort of an even curl again. Parramatta were probably still my second team and the Illawarra, Illawarra Steelers, Dragons, were still my first team. And... You go through the, the tragedy of constantly trying to get the semi-finals and make a grand final, not being able to make it. So in 2009, Parramatta have this great run. They get through to the grand final. You beauty, support them all the way, and then they lose. And I sort of felt, oh. But again, it was against Melbourne, and you sort of didn't expect Parramatta to win. And then, of course, a few weeks later, we found out that Melbourne had these salary cap issues and people jumping up and down saying, oh, Parramatta should be awarded the premiership. I thought, it's just no way you can do that, idiots. But the following year, 2010, St. George Illawarra Dragons, Wayne Bennett comes in as coach. He pulls everything together that they've sort of done over the last five or six years and they win a premiership. And that was a really terrific grand final feeling. But I still got to the end of that and I thought to myself, that's really great. And I thought, it still doesn't feel like it did in 1986 or in 81 through 83 with Parramatta. And... Two things came out of that. Firstly, it was, again, reflecting back 10 years earlier when I just sort of felt, well, maybe sport isn't the bell and end or it doesn't matter. If your team wins a grand final, it's great, but I'm not going to get the same enjoyment or excitement out of it that I got when I was a teenager. And I get that, I understand that, and, and I probably understood that more at full time in that 2010 grand final than I had previously. And secondly, I guess it got to the point where I sort of thought, well... If my my supposed team can win a grand final and I am not hugely ecstatic by it, then maybe they're not the team I should be supporting. Now, this was the same year that Collingwood won the grand final in the AFL, and I'll come to that later. That was ecstasy. Absolute ecstasy when Collingwood won that grand final. And St. George of the Wire, it was just, oh, that's really good. I'm glad they won. So it was about that time that I, 
I spent a couple of years rolling back things and then thinking, well, do I have a favourite team again? And the thing that drove it home this time was my son, who at five or six years of age had decided that Parramatta was going to be his team. Now, I had no influence in that. In fact, we had friends who lived in Tasmania, a friend of mine I went to school with uh, for many years, Gary Wesley, uh, who was actually a Cronulla supporter, but his wife was a rabid Eels supporter. And as a result, their son Jonah had been a Parramatta supporter. And Gary and Kylie sent up Jonah's old Parramatta gear and said, thought you'd have someone here who might like this. And so, of course, he got this Parramatta gear and he's been done since. He's been a Parramatta supporter ever since. And watching his passion as a kid growing up, who's he's now 15 years old, and seeing the way he's become, uh, the way I believe I was when I was a teenager, and the way I supported my team in those days, has pulled me around back to being, okay, I'm a Parramatta supporter. And people will say, well, what about the Dragons? You know what? They're my second team. And I will still support them as my second team. And I, if they go on and make finals and make a grand final win, that'll be fantastic and I'll be happy for them. But it'll still be that feeling of, eh. Now, as we know, Paramedic made the grand final last year. Uh, and it's interesting when you have all the degradation that's been said about Parramatta, saying, oh, they've won a premiership in 30-something years and, oh, they're hopeless. And you sort of think, why... Why do <laughs> why is that so important? Uh, and maybe it's just because obviously the team that I support is the one who's being shut down. But that grand final again, which I watched with with Josh and um, didn't enjoy because Penrith completely outplayed them, uh, and that was uh, unfortunate. But I still got to the end of that game, and I thought, well, if Parramatta had won, how much would I have jumped around and? It wouldn't have. I sort of think now. I think it wouldn't have been like I was a teenager. There's no doubt in the world. It wouldn't have been like I was a teenager. But it would have been a lot more than probably the Dragons win in 2010, and it would have been better than the Dragons in uh, sorry the Dragons in '99 or the Eels in 2001 if I if they'd actually got up and won. So I do know that in this day and age, I'm not as huge a massive follower of my rugby league team as I used to be. I am in other sports, which we'll get to very shortly. So just to wrap up the rugby league part. So you've heard my story, and that probably took longer than I meant it to go, but that's that's the journey I've been on as a supporter of rugby league. Now, other families that I know of are different. Now, you look at um, my two sisters and the, the, the way that their family supports teams. Now, uh, the Wallace family, uh, I don't think I'm being out of line by naming them, are pretty much a Parramatta family. Now, Tony has always been a Parramatta supporter. Back when we were at high school together, he was uh, as rabid a Parramatta supporter as I was. And so his family has generally gone the same way. Whereas Louise's family, the Parkers, they're very eclectic. So Murray is a Shark supporter and has been all the time. So he's there. And the youngest son, Jet, is pretty much a Shark supporter as well. The elder son, Zach, became a Dragon supporter at a very young age. And he followed his local team. And good on you, Zach, for doing that. 
And then next son, Flynn, obviously because he disliked his brother and wanted to be completely different, just chose another team and decided to choose the Tigers. Which was all very funny back uh, when the Tigers won their competition back in the mid-2000s before the Dragons had won one. <laughs> and Flynn had just chosen his team out of nowhere and they ended up getting up and winning a premiership before Zach's. Very amusing. So that family's got three different teams that support each other. So sitting down and watching the TV, watching the footy games at their house was probably a lot more fun than when all the people there sitting there are going for the same team. And even back in high school, one of my one of my best friends, Dale, has been a Manly supporter uh, most of his life. And he tells the story that he only became a Manly supporter because he said that everyone in high school was a Parramatta supporter. And so he just decided to support the team that were the opposite of them. And at the time, the Parramatta Manly uh, rivalry was was um, very big, uh, with Parramatta playing Manly in two grand finals in a row. Now, that's the difference, because my memory of high school at the time isn't that everyone was a Parramatta supporter at all. In fact, among my friend group, there was only me and one other guy who was a Parramatta supporter. Everybody else supported someone else. It was There was Canterbury, there was East, there was Manly, um, there was Cronulla, Everyone had a different team. Uh, now, maybe I'm just not seeing it because I was in the majority and I didn't realise it. But in my friend group in high school, we all had a different team. And there were all different reasons why they came to it. When I get another one of my best friends, Kiro, started off as a South supporter. His father was a South supporter. But then he changed to become a Bulldog supporter. Another one of my friends, who I won't name... <laughs> has changed teams four or five times. I know for a fact he started as a Manly supporter and then he became a Canterbury supporter. Uh, and then now he's a bloody Eastern Suburbs supporter. As much as you get stuck into people for changing their teams, everyone's got their reasons why they change their teams. And that's what I would sort of, the first 20 minutes of this podcast was the story of is there are reasons why you change your allegiance at times to your football teams. Now, some of them might be good reasons. Some of them might just be because you want to keep supporting a team that's winning premierships and all that kind of stuff. And whichever way it is, what does it matter in the long run? So let's use another example. I'm going to go through five or six sports here and just go through certain things that that I know about, which is me, obviously. So with the AFL, uh, obviously growing up in New South Wales, if you grew up in New South Wales or Queensland, no one knew what Aussie rules was until the last maybe 10, 15 years, really. Uh, but I was different because I grew up uh, in a family where uh, my father had been born in Victoria at a very young age, he'd moved to New South Wales, but his father had been born in Victoria, and his father had been born in Victoria. And, as it turns out, all of them had been born in Collingwood in Victoria. Uh, so, they were all Collingwood supporters. And so, when it AFL uh, came into my life, and that was probably, again, around 1976, it was pointed out to me, this is Collingwood, this is who we support. And 
It was funny that this was more from my grandfather than my father at the time. Uh, I remember sitting there in Fairfield with my grandfather and the AFL was on and he more, <laughs> in a much more pointed way than it had been done to me before, he did point out, this is Collingwood Bill and this is the team we support. Don't try and support any other team. This is our team. I won't have it any other way. <laughs> Uh, so it was Collingwood who I then took on. Now again, as it turns out, around that time, Collingwood had what you could call success. And anyone who knows AFL and knows the Collingwood Football Club knows that uh, the tragedy of the Collingwood Football Club is more important than the, the triumph. And Collingwood made the 1977 Grand Final, which had ended in a draw, exactly like Parramatta had had a draw on the same day in 1977 against St George. That was a long day for the Peters family. <laughs> and then Collingwood lost the replay the following week. And then they made the grand final again in 79, 80 and 81 and lost all three. So that was a tough introduction to being a Collingwood supporter. Uh, but you stick with your team and you follow them through. And then we had a really, really long run through the 1980s where success dried up and the club was... About to go under, it was uh, bankrupt, and uh, no one really knew what was going to happen. And there were there were fears that the Collingwood Club was going to go under. And then, fortunately, uh, they found uh, well through different avenues. Uh, Eddie Maguire came on board eventually, and and has built the club back up to the point where it's probably the most powerful club in the in Australia. And we had Lee Matthews come in as coach, who had just retired as one of the greatest players ever from Hawthorne. And he brought to Collingwood the toughness that the club required that Hawthorne had played with for the whole time that Lee Matthews had been there. And so we got to the 1990 grand final and Collingwood hadn't won a premiership in 32 years. And we won that. And as it turns out, that grand final was held on the very same day that I was having my party for my... 21st which was three days later so that day the stars aligned uh, cricket got washed out so I didn't have to go play cricket and my 21st was that night and Collingwood won their first grand final in 32 years and I that day is still one of the greatest days of my life that grand final I could still watch it now over and over again with those great players and um, one of the things about Collingwood and the Peters family, which I suppose I could bring up now, is that Collingwood have only won two grand finals since 1958. We've been in a dozen or more. I can't even remember how many grand finals Collingwood have made in that time. But we've only won two grand finals. And that one in 1990, um, a few weeks beforehand, before the grand final, my um, father's uncle Jock uh, passed away. Now, family uh, history tells us that Jock had, if you cut him open, you would see that he would have bled black and white. That was <laughs> that was how much of a supporter of Collingwood he was. And so a few weeks before they finally won their, their um, premiership-breaking drought game, he'd passed away. So then we come along and, and uh, we have the downtimes again, and then we get through, we get to the... 
uh, next time Lee Matthews is gone and we've brought in Mick Malthouse, the next uh, coaching guru to come to Collingwood. And Collingwood make the grand final again in 2002 and 2003 and lose both of them to Brisbane, who won three grand finals in a row. And then we have the down times again, and then we come back up and whatever. And then we make 2010, and Mick is still there as coach. And in 2010, it's another drawn grand final. (laughs) And uh, you think, oh my goodness, we've played two drawn grand finals. And there's only been two drawn grand finals, and Collingwood have played in both of them. There's only been one... Oh, I think, sorry, there's been two drawn uh, rugby league grand finals and Parramatta played in one of those. So Param- uh, Collingwood and St Kilda have had a drawn grand final and they have to replay the game the following week. That week, my grandfather died, my father's father, and um, he passed away and Dad had gone up there and I think one of the last things that, that Granddad had sort of said was, um, did Collingwood win? Because he hadn't, been able to see the end of the game and dad told me yes they won <laughs> and so we got to the next week and bugger me Collingwood won again <laughs> so we had two highly influential uh, and esteemed gentlemen of the Peters family who had to pass away for Collingwood to win their last two grand finals so we've got a bit of a problem in that <laughs> For Collingwood to win another premiership, we need to sacrifice a member of the Peters family for them to win. And in 2018, they made the grand final again, and they made against West Coast, and anyone who watched the game will remember that Collingwood pretty much led for the entire game until the last 100 seconds, and then got beaten. (laughs) And the week before... Uh, I had been in conversation in social media with my cousins and my uncles and whatever. More or less, we all sort of said, who's going to put their hand up? And no one did. And so Collingwood lost. So now we're all on hooks as to if next time that Collingwood make a grand final, as to who's going to stand up and lay down their life for the good of the Collingwood Football Club. In the days since that, of course, we've got, uh, in 1982, obviously, the South Melbourne Football Club relocated to Sydney and became the Sydney Swans. And that was where New South Wales kids finally started to say, oh, Australian rules, is that a game? Is it really? And in I guess, in essence, everyone in New South Wales, who weren't already following AFL, now had a team that could support locally. And so a lot of people came on board. Now, one of my best mates, who's now my brother-in-law, did exactly that. He started following the Swans, and he's a Swan supporter. Uh, now, not everyone does that, and, and this is part of this story, is that you don't have to live near a team to actually support the team. We've got plenty of players in, in the rugby league as well, who, for no rhyme or reason, might have grown up on the South Coast, but they have always supported the Canberra Raiders. Now, is that because when they were growing up Canberra, were successful as they were in the late 80s and early 90s. Well, that would make common sense, wouldn't it? Um, It's funny, though, that not a lot of people who live in New South Wales or whatever end up becoming Brisbane Broncos supporters. (laughs) Thank goodness for that. Uh, 
but the same is with AFL. Now, obviously, just because you live in New South Wales or Queensland, you don't have to go for Sydney Swans or you don't have to go for the, uh, almost said the Brisbane Bears, but sorry, the Brisbane Lions. Um, I know that, and again, in 2012, 2013, one of those two, uh, we had the GWS Giants, the Greater Western Sydney Giants have come into effect. So... Our family has been a member of the Giants since uh, the second year they came into the competition. And I did that deliberately so that my kids didn't have to grow up feeling as though they had to support Collingwood in the AFL. Because why would you put anyone through having to be a Collingwood supporter? So we've been members and my kids are all Giants supporters, which I think is terrific. And it's, um, it's still a great place to go and watch footy. And that's the part of the reason. There aren't big crowds, and there never will be, and they will never, you know, get the most they'll ever get is twenty thousand at that ground, and generally it's about ten thousand. But it's comfortable to go and watch the game at the Sydney Showground or Giant Stadium, as it's called, and they've done a really good job with the club, and and I enjoy supporting them. They're my second team because I'm a member of that club, but my kids can become and have become mem- uh, members and supporters of that club, and I think that's terrific. But you've got other people. Now, one of, again, I say one of my best mates, I don't have many friends. And as it turns out, I don't have many friends, but I call them all my best friends because when you've only got sort of eight or nine, they've all got to be best friends, haven't they? One of my best mates back in the 80s decided he was going to be a Carlton supporter. Now, firstly, Carlton are the mortal enemies of Collingwood. So I should just let you know that straight up. So... Anyone who's a Carlton supporter who's out there listening, uh, just know that, yes, we are mortal enemies, and uh, I have no problem in saying that. So, John decided he was going to be a Carlton supporter. Now, the reason he gave at the time is because, oh, because John Elliott's the president, and I love John Elliott. He's a great, you know, he's a successful businessman, and I want to be like John Elliott. So that's why he decided to support Carlton. Um, Now, I told him then, because... (laughs) At the time, John, not really knowing a lot about AFL, I said to him, you realise that that makes you and me mortal enemies? He said, why? I said, because it's Carlton. Carlton and Collingwood have had this feud, this rivalry, going for 100 years. He said, oh, oh well, well, when we beat you, I'll be able to stick it up there all the time. Okay. And so that's the way it was. He knew nothing about anything about AFL, and then would find out in the paper that Carlton had won last week against Collingwood and say so then he'd ring me up and say, oh, guess what, Carlton beat Collingwood. At least in the years since, and I believe he was just getting to the point where he said, well, I don't really want to support a team by myself that everyone hates. <laughs> so he thought more about it and he thought, oh, you know what, I think maybe I'll just support Collingwood and I'll be with Bill and we can support the same team together. And our relationship got a lot better very quickly after all that. It was a much more pleasant atmosphere when we could actually support the same team and not be at loggerheads with me, with my vast knowledge of AFL, and John with his zero knowledge of AFL. At the time, let me say that now, his knowledge is much better now. So yes, there are different reasons why <laughs> we choose to follow football teams. And there's a beauty. Oh, I like John Elliott. He's a big businessman who 
then went broke, as we all know. Um, I'm going to follow the team that he's the president of. Mm. Not the best reason for following a team, though, is it? When it comes to other Australian sports, we still, of course, have rugby union and we have soccer or football, if you want to call it that, but we're going to call it soccer. So rugby union, since uh, the beginning of the Super 12 comp, which is back in 1995, I think uh, um, Rupert Murdoch and his uh, Fox network set this up to have the, the big teams playing each other. So obviously from New South Wales, if you're from New South Wales, you'll think, okay, I'm going to be... A Waratah supporter, because it's New South Wales Waratahs. Surely you support New South Wales. I'm amazed at the number of people who are actually ACT Brumbies fans. Now, most of them are much better, or have a much better knowledge of rugby union than I do, and are much more fanatical about rugby union than I am. So... Obviously, I as I, I supported the Wall the the Waratahs, sorry, because they're from New South Wales. They're the, the Blues, the Waratah Blues, and it's our state. I support them, but there are so many people who disliked the management of the team, disliked the players in the team, disliked everything about New South Wales rugby for some reason that they felt I'm going to support the Brumbies. Now, the Brumbies actually have been the most successful Australian team in that competition over its history. But that's not why people have gone to support them. I'd understand that if, if people wanted to support them because they were the most successful team and they made the finals most years and, and made finals and won finals. But everyone I know who's an ACT Brumby supporter don't support them because of that. They support them simply because they dislike the way the Waratahs are run, the way the Waratahs are coached, uh, and the way the players play and some of the players ponce about on the team, which I think is actually a really good reason to support someone else. That's not the reason. I, mean, I haven't changed and probably haven't changed because I don't, certainly now, don't follow rugby anywhere near as closely as I used to when that competition started. Um the way Australian rugby's going over the last 10 years, I've just lost complete and utter interest in the game. And that's unfortunate uh, because I used to love watching rugby, but I just I cannot be bollocked doing that anymore. So my love of that side of the game's gone. Now, if someone said to me, I, I didn't ever know the Waratahs had won a game, I think last season, I think they got up and won a game for the first time in... 106 matches or something, well, I didn't even realise they'd been playing. I don't hear results anymore. But that's, in when it comes to supporting teams, that, to me, was always an interesting reason why that happened in rugby. That the rugby files, the guys who play the game, the guys who play club rugby and are just invested with the club rugby and all the way through, they're more likely to be Brumby supporters than they are Waratah supporters. So... That's something that is different from all the other sports that I see that I follow teams in. Now we can come to soccer. And soccer's an interesting one because, again, and this might sound like a recurring theme in my life, 
when I started watching soccer, there was the old NSL, the National Soccer League. And again, following my father's uh, advice, uh, Marconi, Fairfield were the team that I initially supported because my dad grew up in Fairfield and so he had already started seeing uh, Fairfield play. And so straight away, okay, Marconi Fairfield is the team that I support in this league. And we went to see games there at their home ground, which is, uh, it was amazing in those days, in the late 70s, early 80s, the where soccer grounds were and the crowds that were there and um, how quickly games could turn to violence off the field rather than on the field. And uh, just an amazing... Uh, what's the word? I'd, it was an amazing spectacle as a kid going to Marconi Fairfield games in their little ground, which is you know behind the behind the the, the club, the Marconi Club, and it's just surrounded by houses, and you'd have to crawl down between the fence where the houses was and the fence of the ground to try and find a spot to watch the game. And you know if things started going bad on the field, well the the local supporters would start to you know break things, throw things, get into fights, punch-ups and stuff. That was For me as a kid, I didn't feel fear because I was too young to feel fear. I'm pretty sure you know, a couple of times Dad just said, all right, we're going now because <laughs> he knew what was going to happen. And I was just like, oh, the game's really good. Oh, the, the fight over there looks really interesting. So I became a Marconi Fairfield supporter. And then, of course, the Wollongong Wolves came into the competition and, again, I had a situation where I had two favourite teams and I didn't have one or the other. I, Wollongong Wolves were the local team. I had to support them, but I'd always supported Marconi, so I had to keep supporting them. And so it was an even curl. Now, again, the same thing. Oh, yeah, but what do you do when they play each other? Well, I don't know. Honestly, if one of them was up the top and one was down the bottom, I would hope that the one at the top would win because you'd want them to make finals sort of thing. Um, or if they were both outside the finals, well, you just go and watch the game and not really worry about it. There was never a time when I felt that I had to support one over the other. And that was a great thing. So Marconi won their fair share of National Soccer League titles, which was fantastic. And for all the local people know, the Wolves, of course, won two in a row before we changed over to what we have now. And they were two of the, or certainly the first final they won over in Perth, was one of the greatest games of soccer I've ever seen. It was just fantastic. And that that was where my passion at the time, I remember being so passionate in that, that final and just loving the fact that uh, the Wolves had got up and won. That had transferred from rugby league. I didn't have that passion for rugby league anymore, but I did for the Wollongong Wolves, a local team finally winning a competition. And that was fantastic. And just really quickly, the same thing when the Illawarra Hawks finally won an NBL title. That was just fantastic. Um, so that was really good too. Of course, soccer now, we've got the A-League. Uh, they got rid of all the uh, multicultural aspects of the names and the clubs and that kind of stuff and made the whole thing start again. So that was a difficult time for everyone too because you're supporting, as I said, I was supporting Marconi. I was supporting Wollongong. And neither of those two teams were now in the A-League. So, And the A-League had eight teams, I think at the time, or ten teams. And I thought, well, what do I do now? Now, the obvious gravitation was to Sydney FC because that was the one Sydney club we had. 
And again, we had a lot of people shying away from that because, again, they said, oh, no, look, they're just, all the money's there, all the resources are there. Uh, I don't agree with that all happening in one club. We're going to support the Central Coast Mariners. And I know so many people who just sort of said at that time, no, I can't support Sydney FC. I'm not doing that. We're going to support the Central Coast Mariners. Didn't matter where you lived, whether you lived in Sydney. We had really good friends who have been foundation members of the Central Coast Mariners. And people from down here, I've got a friend of mine who has also been, I think, a foundation member of the Central Coast Mariners. And obviously his boys both support them as now as well. So the reasons for supporting a club in both of those instances. So in the NSL for me, it was obviously as per usual. My father grew up in this town and he followed this team, so I started following Marconi. And then we had one of our local towns, the Wollongong, getting a team in, so you would support them. But then once you get to the A-League, how do you feel? Do you go with just the club who's the closest, which, like in Rugby Union, is what I did, so I, I support Sydney FC. Or do you go with another club, like Central Coast? or Newcastle at the time. And of course, now there's the Western Sydney team. And the Wolves are still trying to get a team in there, hopefully in the if they actually have this uh, second division come along and, and the Wolves can get a team in there, we'll, we'll have the Wollongong Wolves back to support again. And that would be really good. And then we go, as I just briefly spoke about, with the basketball. And the great thing about the basketball is, for me, growing into basketball, is that the Illawarra Hawks were a foundation member of the NBL. So the Illawarra Hawks have been the team I've supported all my life. Now, I went to Sydney and I went to, lived in Sydney for five years and we went to a lot of Kings games. And even then, though, they weren't a second team. It wasn't a team that I supported. I, was, I went to see the basketball and it was good and that was great, but I didn't support them. My team was still always the Illawarra Hawks. And especially when you used to go to the old Beaton Park days, down at the Snake Pit, and you'd have the old wooden uh, seats, and you'd, or the, you'd have the railway going, dun, 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 dun. Uh, the atmosphere there was just fantastic. And I've been now to the Sand Pit there at Wollongong Entertainment, and that was terrific too, and the atmosphere is great, but it doesn't match those days. <laughs> and, you know, it's a long time ago, and I'm sure that my memories of that are hazy um, with reminiscence, I guess. But that's the great thing about, again, in the NBL, we had a local team to support. And that doesn't mean that everybody supports this team locally. I mean, you could, I know I had a friend back in the, oh, was it the 80s and 90s, who supported the Brisbane Bullets. Uh, and I just thought, why do you support the Brisbane Bullets? He just said, I like their team. I like their players. And I thought, well, if you like the team and you like the way they play, well, yeah, you should be supporting them. Perfect reason to support a team, even if they're not your local team. So there's some more reasons and some more varieties of ways that uh, we go about s selecting the teams that we actually support. So now we come to overseas sports. Now, how do you choose a team to support in an overseas sports league? And generally... What you have to do, you don't have to do, but generally what people do, I've found, is that they support the most supported team or the most 
popular team. And I guess we can look at the English Premier League soccer as the best example. Now, the most followed teams by Australians uh, that I know of, or, and my friend group and close friend group, for those that actually do it, are teams like Man United, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea. The teams that are there at the top every year and are the ones that have the most money. So, and I should add Tottenham, but I didn't want to add Tottenham because I hate Tottenham. Hate with a passion. They're the teams that most people end up choosing and following. Uh, And that happens in the other leagues as well, I must admit. So, for me, I started supporting West Ham from a very young age. Uh, Again, I go back to my grandfather, and back in when I was uh, six, seven, eight years old, the only way to see any soccer from England was on ABC on highlights on a Sunday afternoon. They had a, a half hour show where they would, a half hour show or an hour show, where they would show highlights from other games and then they would show extended highlights of one particular game each week. And that was how you used to follow soccer. Now, the first time Grandad and I ever sat down and watched together, uh, West Ham were playing in a game. And I just, at the time, what struck me first was. West Ham? What the hell does that mean? West Ham? I eat ham. Is it ham from the West? Aren't they also in the East? And I didn't really understand. And they had these different coloured jerseys on, which is their main jersey, and I sort of thought, well, I haven't seen jerseys like that in Australia in those colours. I mean, you get black and white for Western suburbs, and you had Parramatta, blue and gold, but this was really strange colour. So... That was my introduction to West Ham. So from that point on, I would look in the paper every uh, Monday morning for the results from England of the uh, First Division soccer in those days and find out how West Ham had gone. And that's how I became a West Ham supporter and have supported them ever since through thick and thin, even though we haven't come close to ever winning a premiership title. and it's not about that, and especially, I think, in as it turns out, in English soccer, it's not always about winning it, because you know that the same five, six teams are going to be the ones that win it every year. It's just whoever's got the most money are going to do that. But it ends up being, well, for me, it was meant, oh, if we finish in the top 10 of the um, Premier League each year, we've done okay. And if we can snag a European spot and play in the Euro Leagues, as we've done the last couple of years... That's the aim. And then, of course, you have this year where they're very close to being relegated and you're thinking, well, most years I'll be just saying, let's hope we get out of relegation, league. And this year I'm just thinking, well, maybe we need to go back to the championship to try and win something. <laughs> but that's how I came to support West Ham in the English soccer. Uh, now, you have the same sort of thing when you talk about uh, American sports. Now, for me... The way I chose the teams that I support in American sports is completely different. Three of the sports, which is the basketball and the NBA, uh, the Major League Baseball and the NFL, came about different ways. Now, the NFL, again, in the mid-80s, Channel 9 started showing replays of one game very late on a Saturday night or something like that. And I remember, again, the first game that I started watching 
we had the Dallas Cowboys playing and the Dallas Cowboys won and I just thought that's the team I'm going to support. Now, it wasn't because they were hugely successful at the time because they weren't, but they were being promoted, I guess, more as America's team at that time and, of course, we had the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders who had a film made about them and that kind of stuff. So they were probably out there in the limelight and at the time, that was just me. I'd picked up on the Dallas Cowboys and so that's when I started following them. And copped a little bit of flack from the few people that I knew who actually followed the NFL at the time. And then when we won two comps in a row in the 90s, everyone started telling me, oh, well, Bill, you're just supporting the team that's winning. Well, no, it wasn't that at all. If you're going to do that, you'd be supporting the Buffalo Bills who lost four Super Bowls in a row at the same time. I mean, they were being more successful overall. It's just that they weren't winning titles. (laughs) And to be honest, if I hadn't followed anyone at that time, I'd probably be a Buffalo Bills supporter because I just felt so bad for them making four Super Bowls in a row and losing all of them. So that was how I came to be a Cowboys supporter. Now with the baseball and the basketball, that was different. Now with the basketball, I watched the few games you could watch at the time in the late 80s. Uh, and there wasn't much going on. Now, of course, that is the time where everyone went um, Chicago Bulls mad because Michael Jordan and need say no more. They won six out of eight titles through the 90s. And everyone who was coming on board at that time obviously got on board with the Bulls because they were the winning team and they had the best player in the world. And one of my best mates is and was at the time a Bulls supporter and still is a Bulls supporter to this day. I went a different way, and it came down to a game called NBA Jam. Now, this game started turning up at uh, movie theatres and uh, arcades and whatever, and I loved playing NBA Jam. It was brilliant. And this came about from me just you know, switching through. Um, oh, here's that team. Oh, here we go. Portland Trailblazers. That's an interesting name. All right. Uh, who we got here? Uh, okay. Clyde, Clyde the Glide Drexler. Wow. I like him. And you'd play... In, win a few games and whatever. And so I began to support them in the NBA and started watching the team and watching guys like Clyde Drexler, who is still probably my favourite player of all time. He was just magnificent. And that's how I started supporting the Trailblazers. Now, at the time, they had a little bit of success, but of course, they didn't win any championships because the Bulls were keeping them all to themselves because they were very greedy. And at the time... People would sort of laugh at me and say, oh, blah, blah. and of course, have the Trailblazers? No, they haven't won one. I think they won one in 1977 before I started supporting them. And they haven't come close since, and they're not going to come close again for some time. <laughs> but they're still my team, and I still support them, and that's one of the things I've stuck with. I just thought, well, because you can see more of these sports than you ever could before. In the 90s, you could see one game a week, maybe, if you're lucky on TV. Now you can watch... Three games live pretty much every day in the NBA on Fox Sports. And it's amazing. And you can follow any team you like and and pick them up. But I wouldn't change the Trailblazers for quids. Now when it came to Major League Baseball, similar sort of thing. What's the team that everyone seems to gravitate towards when it comes to baseball? The New York Yankees. Because they're the best known. They're the most widely known. They have all the money. They somehow seem to find be able to find to buy the players to get the playoffs every year and then occasionally they'll 
they'll win a, a title. Now, I absolutely steer clear of that. I bought a game for my, oh, was it my Xbox, I think, in those days, or the PlayStation? I can't remember which one it was. Probably, it had to have been the Xbox back in the very early 90s. And I bought a baseball game. And so when you buy a baseball game and you're going to play, you've got to choose a team to play as. And I just clicked the button, and it happened to be the Seattle Mariners. I thought, oh, Seattle Mariners, I like that name. Let's go with that. And of course, you start playing the game, you get to know the players, which is what all the kids do these days. And then they started showing more baseball in Australia than they had, which again was probably only one game a week sort of thing. But the Seattle Mariners had Ken Griffey Jr., who was a superstar, and he's still considered a superstar. So he became the guy I loved, and the, the Mariners were the team I supported. Now, the Mariners have never won a title, <laughs> so I certainly haven't stuck with them through success. It's, again, been from the first team that I've sort of got involved with, they're the team I started supporting. And I really enjoy the team. They've had some great players through the years. Um, Ichiro Suzuki is another who came and played for the Mariners for so many years and was just brilliant. And we've got great players now, and I love that team. Um, I had When I was working in Sydney uh, back in the early 90s, uh, one of the friends I was working with was going to America, and I said, oh, can you get me a Seattle Mariners cap? Because I just couldn't get them in Australia at the time. And absolutely, she came back with a Seattle Mariners cap for me, which I had for years. So that's why I support the Seattle Mariners. So you're getting different ways here. First team I saw on TV, West Ham. First team I saw on TV, Dallas Cowboys. First team I played with on a video game for basketball, Portland Trailblazers. First team I played with on a computer game, for baseball, Seattle Mariners. Let's come to the NHL. Now, the NHL I would watch without ever supporting a team, you know, and only occasionally because, again, it was difficult to watch. But once it started gravitating more to TV, I thought to myself, I really should support a team. So I just went through all the teams and looked for more. And then one stuck out. And I'd watched the movie two days before that I'd seen many times before that you may know, which is Predator a movie I love. And guess what name I came across in the NHL? The Nashville Predators. So how could I go past that as being the team that I was going to support? Now again, if you go back through their record, you can see that success doesn't come easily for them and they've never really been a title contender. But again, if I'm going to support the team, that's the team I'm going with and that's the one I'm sticking with. So we're still with the Nashville Predators, and I would really like them to win a few more games than they're currently winning. So that's become a much longer podcast than I was expecting, to be honest. Um, talking about, I guess, in the long run, I was always going to be more talking about how I came to support the teams I did and why, and the reasons why you can, the different reasons why you can start supporting teams rather than just uh, taking necessarily your local teams uh, or just following the teams that your mates do or whatever it is. Everyone has a different reason. So they're my reasons, I guess. And then a few other examples of friends of mine as to why they've gone for different teams. 
But it's really interesting. So I ask the question of you. Why did you start supporting the teams that you support? Is it for any or all of those reasons that I've brought up today for why I support the teams I support? I think it's an interesting conversation. So any time you might see me around, if you're <laughs> listening to this in Australia, who's listening to this podcast, honestly? Um, if you see me, let's discuss it. Or if you want to discuss it more over a different podcast, you can go to the website for this podcast, which is anchor.fm forward slash metal cavern. And you can actually leave a voice message there and discuss your reasons that I can use in a future podcast, or maybe I can get in contact with and we can discuss this more at length. No one's done it yet in uh, 19 months of this podcast going. Uh, so I don't really expect anyone to jump out of their skin to do it now. For those of you who have heard what I've just said, thank you for coming this far into the podcast episode, and I do appreciate you listening to me ramble on about this particular subject. And if you have gotten this far, I hope that that will also encourage you to come back and listen to the next episode of this podcast, Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. Cheers. You have been listening to a Metal Cavern production.